Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Gab and Grow, a podcast about people, places, and resources at Western Connecticut State University. I'm Mary Beth Griffin, your host, and today we've got a great show for you about a week of activities happening during the week of October 22nd this year. It's called Operation Jungle Red, or you'll also hear us refer to it as OJR. And here to talk with us about the events are two folks who should know quite a bit about it. Amanda Lasiki, who's the RDN Grasso Hall and is the co-chair of the planning committee, and Sharon Guck, our coordinator of choices, who's been a longtime committee member and co-sponsor. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Pleasure to be here, Mary Beth. <laughs> Hello. Woohoo. So I'm going to start today talking a little bit about OJR and how it started on our campus. OJR is an anti-violence initiative that was started at Miami University of Ohio in 2008 in response to the mass shootings at Virginia Tech. And in 2011, one of our RDs at the time, Raphael Cordwell, attended a conference where staff from Miami presented the program. And he thought it was a great program and was interested in trying to start something like that here. So our OJR program was born. And in addition to a series of programs that are focused on the many kinds of violence we experience as a society, OJR also has a really visible reminder that we ask people to make in pledging not to participate in violence and in speaking out against violence. And the means that they use to display this pledge is that participants, both men and women, will paint their pinky nail red as an outward sign of their commitment. So this is going to be our eighth year doing OJR. And I'm wondering if, if either one of you wants to tell us a little bit about this year, when it's happening, what are some of the things that we're looking at doing? Um, well, it's scheduled for the October 22nd week, so that's right after homecoming. Um, the first first event is going to be a speaker brought in actually by Sharon's office, and it's a presentation called Can I Kiss You? So Sharon can talk more about that. That's our big kickoff event. Um, and then throughout the week, we're still finalizing dates and times for things, mm -hmm. but you will see our tables in both um, the Midtown Student Center and the Westside Campus Center, as well as some nighttime events. Uh, we're working with Planned Parenthood to bring an event to campus about um, consent, and we're also working with the Women's Center about a social media presentation mm -hmm. because of how many things have changed and behaviors that, like, you get to this blurry line of what's okay versus when it becomes problematic. And with social media, things are constantly changing um, that it's a good talk to have mm -hmm. that you don't realize, oh, well, because, you know, social media has normalized this thing that it's not okay. Right. Right. Um, some of the, you mentioned a couple people that are also working along. So we have our Women's Center folks helping out with the committee. Sharon's a member of it. Um, I think the Title IX office is also involved. Yes. So, you know, there's a lot of folks on campus who are coming together to really support things for this. Um, Sharon, I know that one of the things, and, and we've had him here before, so he's kind of a campus favorite, but um, this year our kind of kickoff event, I guess, is going to be Mike Domritz, who has a program called Can I Kiss You? And he's also founded the Date Safe Project, and he's going to be here on campus. Can you talk a little bit about Mike's program and why people should come to see him? Yeah, sure. I, I first saw him, uh, myself and a colleague of mine, Stan Watkins, and we were at the Apple conference. And there were probably 650, 700 young people, athletes and, uh, and other students from across the country. It's the first time I ever saw him. 
and you could hear a pin drop in that room. Um, he's really about kind of upping the game of communication with young people as it comes to sexual behavior. His message is proactive. And he's talking about what can, what can and should partners be doing to communicate effectively in any kind of sexual activity. And he does it in a way that he sets the context for young people. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, he uses humor. He uses examples. It's actually interactive. He uses people to come up from the audience. Uh, he uses social media, um, humor, real-life situations, no judgments. Uh, students absolutely love him. And what I like about him is his program has also kind of morphed over the mm -hmm. decade that I've been working with him. And we've brought him to campus. I think this would be the fifth time is that he can really um, not manipulate, but kind of massage his message for what we want here on mm -hmm. campus. Um, and I think it's a great kickoff event yeah. uh, because, like I said, he does get the students up and going. Uh, we're going to be using funds from the Avon grant to bring him in, and nice. I'm really excited that just so many departments are collaborating because we usually get about 300 students yeah. to come and see him. Yeah, I had the, the pleasure of seeing him probably 10 years ago now at one of the Akuho conferences, I think. And he was, he was just phenomenal. And it's a really, really impactful program. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm excited because I think we're going to try to get him to come talk to us on Gab and Grow, which is going to be fun. And I hope that everyone will listen into that because if you don't get a chance to see him that night, you'll at least get some of the information um, through our podcast here. But I think one of the things I like most about Mike is that he does talk about relationships and consent and, and you know, just how you, how you have healthy relationships with people in ways that make sense. And, and, you know, when you talk about consent, sometimes people just turn that little ticker off. But when he talks about it and just gives examples and has people come on stage and do things, it you see how easy it is. It's, you know, we did a a thing on bystander intervention and same kind of thing. I think, you know, it sounds scarier than it is, but but you actually, when you start to listen to it and see it, it's 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 not much easier that, than you think. Exactly, because yeah. first, you know, there's some giggles in the audience. Well, what do mm -hmm. I do? I ask, can I touch you here? Can I touch you here? Can I do this? And it's mm -hmm. it's not about that. And yeah. it's it's simpler than it looks, but it really is about. You know, upping your verbal game mm -hmm. is what I call it, and the yeah. importance of communication. I mean, we're going to see this play out on our national mm -hmm. news media in yeah. the very near future. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's timely. And like I said, he sets the context. It makes it simple for people with a very, very complex and really dangerous situation for young people yep. these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and so kind of getting back to OJR and its its concentration on, because it's really about violence and things. I think so much of our society, we've just become anesthetized to violence. And, you know, so why, why do we want people to participate in OJR? Why do we want them to paint their fingernail red and give that outward sign? I think one of the things, I'm just looking at how... Um, the, the focus has changed in uh, these anti-violence initiatives. And we've really switched the focus from harm reduction. Mm -hmm. It used to be a woman's responsibility to 
not be in the wrong place, to take certain precautions, and that's still good advice. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't or he doesn't bear the sole responsibility uh, to increasing the incidence of sexual assault. So when you can get everybody understanding that if I'm proactive, I can have an effect on my neighbor, my friend, my girlfriend, my brother, my sister, by stepping in, supporting victims, but also stopping a possible incident from mm -hmm. happening. And I think that that's a new focus that is overdue. And most young people want to be involved. Yeah. They know when they see something going wrong. They can tell you stories mm -hmm. of times where they were in this situation. So I think that any time we can give students real-life tools, raise the awareness, and kind of give them permission uh, is, is really important for just creating a healthier climate across the, across the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons that we hold OJR in October is because it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And, you know, it impacts lots of people far more than it should and certainly impacts some of our students. But there are all different kinds of violence that people might experience. Um, and I'm just wondering if we could talk about what some of those might be and what opportunities we might have for people to, to talk about those as well. Um, one of the things I know we want to bring back is showing the it's this video, and I'm looking at the paper for the name of it, and I also forgot the name <laughs> last time. But basically, um, it kind of talks about how, one, people have this, oh, it will never happen to me mm -hmm. mindset. Like, I'm the strong person. I will be fine. I can take care of myself. But then how when things start, it sometimes, usually actually, starts small. And so... It, it starts building and your relationship morphs and the next thing you know, you realize, oh, I'm in this situation that is awful and how did I get here? Mm -hmm. um, so talking more about the things that are not these obvious, like getting hit in the face, physical abuse type mm -hmm. things, but talking about the emotional abuse that might lead to it, um, things like a partner trying to isolate the other partner from friends and family and limiting um, their financial means by saying like, oh, well, you know, I'd rather have you spend your time with me than take this job. And now, okay, now you don't have money to call your mm -hmm. own. Oh, I'd rather have you spend time with me than go be with your friends and family. Okay, well, now you're distancing yourself. So at that point, the victim in this case feels like they're so isolated and they have no means of escape anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you, you bring up a very important point, how it's not something that's like right in your face right away. It's it's about power and control, and it's the progress is really insidious and starts off with small little things that add up. Yeah, so there's this video. Um, it's by One Love, and it's called I Love You. Um, you can definitely access it on YouTube, but I believe the Women's Center or Title IX has it on their website. Mm -hmm. It's in a lot of our training materials. It's been at, uh, we've shown it at RA training. Yeah. So it's this really great video, but it focuses on the college age group, mm -hmm. and it is talking about those things like, oh, well, if you really loved me, you'd do this, that, and the other. And at first they, it seems like small requests, but yeah. it's that power thing like, oh, well, if you don't do this thing, that means you don't love me. And it so it builds and builds until it's like, oh, well, you know, you'll do these things that you don't want to do that are physical or sexual in nature. And if you don't do them, that means you don't love me. But at this point, the person, no, they, they do love their partner, but not yeah. in this way. Right. And I think, you know, I think just outside of that whole domestic violence thing, we also... We see violence against people because of their gender expression. We see violence against people because of their sexuality. We see 
we certainly see violence in schools and, you know, with our our culture of mass shooting in the, in the United States, um, you know, so I, I hope that we have some opportunities to talk about those different kinds of violence, too, because I, everyone has some kind of experience about violence that's impacted them in their lives, you know, and so I think the idea of taking a pledge to help address it and to, to confront it and not participate in it is a really important thing. Um, if if people are interested in this and maybe want to help at an event or something, can they do that? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things we were talking about doing is having themed days at our tabling. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't just be the table where you sign the pledge, you get your nail painted, but having smaller activities and events there. Um, so we will need the people power for that. Yeah. Um, and if people want to help, they can definitely, if they're a residential student, talk to your RD. If not, you're listening to this, um, reach out to the Title IX office, the Women's Center, Sharon, uh, myself and Ryan Farrell were two RDs. So our email addresses are on the website. I won't try to spell my last name on this podcast. <laughs> uh, you, you probably don't have the means to take it down right now. But um, since there are so many offices that are participating, there are definitely so many people to get in touch with about helping. There's so many different ways to help. Um, and even our evening activities, we always need help. And the biggest way we need help is attendance. Uh, promote these events to your friends, your teammates, your classmates, whoever. Um, you have a sibling who's maybe a senior in high school and about to come to college and live nearby. Absolutely bring them to these events. It's so important for all ages to know about, not just this tight, mm -hmm. traditional college age age group. So um, we're running out of time. I want to wrap up a little bit again, but just kind of reiterating, this is going to be the week of October 22nd. So it's a great fall time to do it. And I would just say, you know, there'll be some stuff posted on the housing website about it, I'm sure. Uh, the WOW will have information about it. So look at that. You'll have posters up around campus. So you should see what's going on and what's happening. And and the posters and things will start appearing probably in, you know, early to mid-October, a week or so yeah. before yeah. beforehand. But, you know, you'll you'll hear it here, too. So thanks so much, Sharon and Amanda, for being here with us today and talking about Jungle Red. And so if you, uh, if you see people wandering around with a red-painted pinky during that third week of October, now you're going to know why. So don't be afraid to... Talk with them about it if you see it. You know, we're we're hoping we get a lot of the the students, but also faculty and staff and administrators and custodians and things. We want everyone to participate in this. So it's a, a nice, easy way. Um, Sharon, where is Mike going to be? Yeah, Mike is going to be Monday, October 22nd at 730 in the Westside Campus Ballroom. Oh, great. And we're going to have food and prizes <laughs> T-shirts and all kinds of giveaways. Fabulous. And again, if you aren't able to catch the show that evening, we are going to be working on having Mike on a podcast, which will air a little later in the semester. Um, if you have questions about OJR, we've given you a lot of places to reach out for information. But as always, you can contact me at griffinm at wcsu.edu. And I hope that you'll all tune in again for more information about what's going on at WCSU. And thank you for listening to Gavin Grow. Bye now.